One of the things I'd like to do is to piggyback on what I did last Sunday with the revealed power of God. And we uh, talked about the man Samson, the man Samson, and we looked at five different principles of uh, that, that sermon. Brother Michael did such a wonderful job uh, with a blog this week. If you'd like to go uh, on the church's website, he has that there. It is just great. It is, it is just great. Uh, this, this morning, we're looking at the revealed power of God being led and transformed by the Holy Spirit. And I want to read, listen at me now, listen at me. I want to read one verse of scripture is found in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, we're going to get into that word led in just a moment. I think it's very, uh, very revealing. And by the way, I have the scripture and the sermon on, on notes, but this is the truth and the revealed truth of God. And you'll, you'll keep that in mind as we study. This is God's truth. This is God's word. And so if you will follow me with the introduction, being led by the Spirit is at the heart of the Christian life. This is clear in the Bible and in the history of the church. This is clear in the Bible and the history of the church. If we let the lead us, follow me. If we let the Spirit lead us, our lives will blossom and flourish. But if we neglect or refuse his leading, our lives will languish. Strangely, listen to this, and I have seen so many believers that they struggle in their relationship with God. They struggle in their walk with God. Strangely, many believers today seem to misunderstand the Spirit's leading and how it relates to personal transformation. A clear grasp of what the Bible teaches about this vital truth will help us all as we seek to grow in grace. Now, one of the things we looked at last week with Samson, listen at me, and we have a nursery available if you need the nursery. Uh, one of the things that we uh, look at in our relationship with Samson is the fact that Samson did great things in the Lord. He, he was a powerful man. Most of us know him by his, his physical strength or know of him by his physical strength. And, and yet he was so powerful that uh, thousands of Philistines were uh, slaughtered. Uh, the gates of Gaza were picked up along with their post. Uh, there was the great exploits that he did. And, uh, and yet Samson was very weak. In the things that he was supposed to keep himself from, he was weak in that area. Why? Why are we able to understand Pentecost? We're Pente we are a Pentecostal church. We're a Pentecostal church. 
And why are we able to understand Pentecost? And yet there are times you watch the believer, you watch those that know Jesus Christ struggle in their relationship. In fact, there are times we, we feel like that uh, maybe sometimes we're not even saved. I hope, I hope you understand that every one of us struggle, all of us struggle. And there's not a one here today. And we, we go through the hard times. How do we, how are we able to cope with that? How are we able to deal with that? And we can. We can be overcomers. And one of the ways is certainly being led by the Spirit. Being led by the Spirit. Look at Roman numeral number one. Being led by the Spirit. And this is recorded only twice in the New Testament. You'll find it in Romans chapter 8, verse 14. I just read that until you're hearing. You'll find it also in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 18. And that verse 18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. And this both times when this when Paul records this, both times it is speaking of the believer's battle with the flesh and with sin and how that you and I cope with that and able to overcome that with, with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But the the, 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 the the spirit can be available, but unless we know how to tap into that resource, we're not able to uh, be victorious. We're not able to be overcomers. And so we are shown how to live joyful and obedient lives in the Lord. The one thing that, that happened to Samson, he was this powerful man, and it was through him by the Spirit of God. It, it was when the Spirit of God moved upon him but he was constantly being disobedient to the call that was upon him and him in the fact that he broke the Nazarite law. He was disobedient to God. He, uh, he, he just struggled in certain areas. Well, how was he so powerful? Well, we want to talk about that. Exploring Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. Now follow me, because it is important that we understand uh, Paul and God's word to us as we are talking about being led and being victorious when it comes to our personal walk with God. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One of the things I have noticed over the years is that people, they have a tendency, try not to fulfill the lust of the flesh without walking in the Spirit. There is no way we can do that. We cannot resist enough. We must, first of all, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust 
of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Verse 18. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh, and Paul lists these. Now the works of the flesh are evident or manifest, as the King James says, which are, notice what they are. In other words, we don't have to wonder what Paul is talking about. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentiousness, uh, or contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revilers, and the like, of which I tell you, Paul says, you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he doesn't leave any doubt. He doesn't leave any doubt. Those who practice, you notice that word practice? Those who have that kind of lifestyle are not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. But notice, or the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, and here's what it is, the fruit of the Spirit, how many fruit are there? There are nine. How many gifts are there? There are nine. And each fruit compares with a gift. But the fruit of the Spirit, he didn't say fruits. And if we're not careful, we get these mixed up. Individual, individual fruits. They all come under one heading. But the fruit of the Spirit is goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Notice this. Listen to me. That word walk means lifestyle. It means conduct, your conduct. What kind of conduct and lifestyle and life do you live? See, that was, that, was, that was Samson's struggle. He had all this strength, and yet he struggled with the fruit of the Spirit. Yet he struggled when it came to his character. And that, that's what concerns me with, with Christians. The important thing is we, everyone can produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Amen? We can. We also can have the gifts of the Spirit, and the nine gifts of the Spirit can operate in our lives. Thank God. And uh, so it is important that we understand there's a conflict between the flesh, the world, the devil, and the Spirit of God. There's this great conflict, and there's not a one of us that at times we don't go through these conflicts. And you can name them. Anger, pride, all of the things that Paul lists here, we, we struggle at times with these. And uh, so it's important for us to understand that. In this passage, talking about Galatians 5, in this passage Paul addresses two problems. 
Two problems that plagued the Galatian church. Legalism and licentiousness. What is licentiousness? It's a disregarding moral constraints. Would you say that's in the world today? They've, the world's just thrown off all kind of restraints. It means uh, promiscuousness. It means uh, unprincipled, and especially in sexual matters. And so we're, we're to be careful with legalism, and the Pharisees was a type. I mean, they were a well-representative of the uh, legalism, and we see that in the church today. God's law is fulfilled by Jesus Christ. And so we don't have to list these do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts, and abide by the law because we abide by the law if we walk in the Spirit. I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with the law. I don't want to certainly be disobedient to the law, but the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law. Paul deals with these two problems by giving a command and a promise. And it's in verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit. That's a command. Then look at the, the promise. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now I hope when, and I, I hope I don't take too long, but I hope when I finish with this, that we all can say, hey, I know now, not that we live a perfect life, Certainly not that we live a sinless life, but I know now more how to deal with the flesh, the nature, that sinful nature of man. I know more how to deal with the devil. I know more how to deal with the world. I understand it now. And I think we need to refer back to this quite often. Paul deals with these two problems by giving a command, walk in the Spirit, and a promise. And you won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So I'd say, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? I just love that. I love the fact that God helps us. Now notice, the word spirit that he's talking about here refers to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, listen at me, dwells in every person that has been born again. The Holy Spirit dwells in the heart and life, the soul of every believer. The word flesh is Paul's term to describe fallen human nature and its self-centered attitudes, its self-centered desires, and its self-centered behaviors. And God deals with that. God deals with that. The word walk, as I said a while ago, is commonly used in Scripture to refer to one's daily contact. And that was Samson's problem. His problem was not having power. What did they say? He took the gates of Gaza, pulled up the uh, post that held it in, and it was weighed, no telling what, put it on his shoulders, walked 50 miles. How is that possible? Only through and by the Lord. Only through and by. He didn't have a problem with that. He could do that, but he had a problem with his character. 
And a lot of people, they don't have a problem believing God for a lot of different things, gifts, uh, manifestation of these gifts. And we, need to see, we need, certainly need to see more of that. But when it comes to character, when it comes the fruit of the Spirit, and I want to deal with that more in depth because I think it's so vitally important, especially for all of us really, but especially for the youth and, and, and how to deal with these strong, strong feelings that I have in my life. And, and I, I just struggle because I did something I, I, I don't think I should have done. I've been disobedient and I, I just, uh, I, don't even, I don't even know that I'm even saved. And the devil will tell you, you never got saved. He's a liar. You got to understand that all deals with these area problems to walk by the spirit look at number six to walk by the spirit means to live one's daily life by the holy spirit's the holy spirit's guidance and the holy spirit's empowerment the holy spirit's empowerment to walk in the flesh is to live a life characterized by various sins and selfish behaviors the spirit, listen at me, and the flesh are opposed to each other. And that's the reason sometimes you feel like you're just battling, battling. There is that good and there is that, that uh, old Adamic nature. And boy, they're just, they bump heads all the time. And uh, you say, which one wins? The, ones, the one you feeds the most. The one you feeds the most. The one you, the one you say, hey, I'm going to read God's word and feed that spiritual man. I'm feeding that spiritual man. The one that you, you join together with others and, he, and you pray and you feed the spiritual man and he becomes a Charles Atlas. Many of you don't know that, uh, that, that name, but uh, some of us do. You become strong, spiritually strong in the word. And in the Lord. Look at Roman numeral number three. Now let me, let me get right down to the native greeting. How do we walk in the spirit and overcome the desires of the flesh? You want to know? I, I kind of do. I want to walk in the spirit. I do not want to fulfill the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I don't want to fulfill uh, the, these desires, the worldly desires, the natural desires, the old, what we call the old Adamic nature. First of all, we must allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. Now, I want to read these verses I read to you a while ago, but I want to read them with the Amplified Bible. Follow me closely. It's wordy, but it's worth listening to. But I say walk, and there, here's this word, habitually in the Holy Spirit, Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. He goes on to say, and then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature. And he explains that, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. That's where the world is today. And the world has has, it's, it's almost like having a ring in their nose and they follow the spirit. They follow the enemy certainly around. Four, verse 17. For the sinful nature has its desire which is opposed to the spirit and, and the desire of the spirit opposes 
the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. You know that? You felt that? You battled with that? You know I shouldn't do this, and yet you find yourself doing it? And after a while, you feel so guilty and you're struggling. And the devil said, well, you didn't have anything anyway. You didn't know Christ anyway. Yes, you did. These are struggles. These are struggles that go on in our lives. And we learn how to overcome them. We learn how to be victorious or in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. Now notice, so that you as believers do not always do whatever good things you want to. Now, we, need, we, we shouldn't be so sanctimonious. We, we should all say, hey, I know I struggle. I struggle in the area of the flesh. But if you are guided and led by the Spirit, you are not subject to the law. One of the greatest books in the Bible is the book of Romans. One of the greatest writings ever written is the book of Romans, no matter the authors, no matter the author. This powerful, instructive book the book of Romans, I would encourage you to read it, but not only read it once or twice, read it often. Paul, <clears throat> in this book, from chapter 1 to chapter 7, now there are other things in there besides the struggle, but he gives this struggle with the flesh and the spirit, the flesh and the spirit, atomic nature and the Holy Spirit. And he gives this struggle, chapter 1 through chapter 7. Struggle, struggle, struggle. And especially in chapter 7. I mean, he just, Paul's just very open and very honest. How many of you know the best way to freedom is to be open and honest with yourself, with God, and sometimes with a brother and sister that is spiritual and praying for you and standing with you? Best thing to do is be, and he was very honest. He said, listen to what he said. This is Paul. He said, when I want to do good, evil is present. And the things I don't want to do, I do. There's this great struggle. And then, listen, you can smile real big and shout over this because he goes into chapter 8. And in chapter 8 along, he mentions the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God, 19 times in this one chapter. And he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So, we're led. We walk. Now, I want you to notice what else we say, he, uh, un, uh, uh, number two under number three. The word led is a present passive verb. Now, what is he saying? I want us to get this because it's very important. What is he saying? That word led is a present passive verb indicating that we should continuously surrender and yield ourselves to the desires of the Spirit. I got saved when I was nine. I got saved when I was 30. I got saved a year ago. Whenever I got saved, I got saved and I'm saved and that's all there is to it. That is not all there is to it. Oh, you're going to heaven. 
You're a candidate for heaven. If you die, you're going to heaven. But God wants and desires that the church live every day a victorious life. And the way we do that is being what? Led. Say that word. Led by the Spirit. Are you being led by the Spirit? Now, as I said, it is important that we understand it is a present passive verb. And that means that it's, it's every day, continuously. We pray. That's the reason it's so important to pray. Someone said, I prayed last week. <laughs> we, we, we pray every day. We walk according to the word every day. That's the reason it's important to get the word of God in us. We need to understand that it's constantly. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be led by the enemy. I don't want to be misled by the enemy. I want to be led by the Spirit. And that word passive, it means, listen to this, this is very very important. And this is the, the, the nuts to this uh, that ties it down. It's, 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 it's saying, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit. Now, that means I'm passive. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not active. It doesn't mean that I sit around and active in things that God wants me to do. It simply means that God that God, his Holy Spirit, listen to this, is coming into my heart and coming into my life. And that he is going to take the initiative and in leading me through these problems and areas of, of shortcomings and, and areas where I'm weak and all of us are weak in certain areas. The Spirit of God is going to lead. I must every day of my life be submissive to Him because He moves on in me and He leads me. Is that good? That doesn't mean I'm going to overcome anger in my own ability. I'm going to try not to get angry today. That driver in that car next to me is about to run over me. And that, and, and that car following me behind me is, is, is tailgating me. I, I, but I'm not going to get angry. And we can think of a thousand and one different things that make us angry. And we can think of a, so many things that makes us jealous. All of these things. Saying words we should not say. Using profanity. Doing things we should not do. But I'm not going to do them. I get up today and I sit on the edge of my bed and I look around and I say to the devil, okay, devil, where are you? I know you're around somewhere, but I'm going to overcome you by the power of God. All of us can be victorious. I don't care how weak we are. But we've got to be led by the Spirit. I'm not going to try to do it myself. I'm not going to try to manage this by myself. I am going to overcome through and by what? The Holy Spirit. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. As we allow the Spirit to influence, direct, and empower us, we can overcome the flesh. A study of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And that's where we, we just read into your hearing. We know what we're not supposed to do. We can put them on a piece of paper and 
put them on our refrigerator and say, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is not what I'm supposed not to do. And God, you're going to have to help me. I have, listen to this, I have never seen it fail if we will pray and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and we obey him and follow him. I have never seen it fail that God would not give the victory. I've told you my struggle with anger. Do I get angry now? Yes. Did my son say something? He lives with me. Be sure your sins will find you out. Do I get angry now? Yes. Does it control me? No. And the devil, the devil will do everything he can. Wherever, listen to this, wherever your weakness is, he will try to work on that weakness. He'll try to cause you to fail. He'll try to get you to sin if you allow him. But if you're led each day by the Spirit of God, God gives you victory. Amen? God gives you the victory. They are supernatural in nature. I'm talking about the, the leading of the Spirit and, and the, the, the fruit of the Spirit and not a human attainment, though we have an essential role in their blossoming. I cannot love in my own ability. I can try. I cannot have joy in my own ability. I can't do it. You notice my hair is growing out. It's not there yet. I hope. I hope. But guess what? That means I'm getting well. That means that I have gone through a struggle. I have gone through a struggle. And there are times when I languish in the bed with terrible, terrible sickness and pain. I couldn't have joy. I couldn't, I couldn't manufacture joy. It had to come from within. It is a supernatural thing. But I'm going to tell you, and, I, and you know they say a man with an experience is at, never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I have experienced the joy of the Lord in my lowest times. That's supernatural. A bubbling a happiness, but it's a great, great joy. Number seven, we're ended. What part do we play in the blossoming of the Spirit's fruit in our lives? Look at verse 24, if you will. And those who are in Christ, of chapter 5, and those who are Christ, rather, have crucified the flesh. You crucified the flesh. Here's a word you don't hear much anymore. It scares a lot of people. Sanctification. Sanctification. But that word is just as real and true and needful today as it was 40 and 50 and 60 years ago. Sanctification. That means you have set yourself apart from the world. That means you not only you have set yourself apart from the world, you have set yourself 
to a relationship with Jesus Christ, to a relationship to all the fruit of the Spirit. Let me say it again. Look at, look, look at it again. Verse 24. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And then at Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 14. Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. Now, that's not talking about water baptism. That's talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. When we're a sinner and we come to Jesus Christ, we're baptized into Jesus Christ. That, that, that's what the, the, uh, Paul is talking about here. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. We've been crucified. That old man should be dead. But for some of us, for some people, boy, you can tell he's not dead because he'll raise his head up every once in a while. Dead means dead. D-E-A-D. Dead. Dead. And that old nature is supposed to be dead. Now, granted, it will, it will try to come back and all of those things. But God wants us to live according to his word. Brother, uh, Brother Matt, would you come? I, I cannot emphasize this enough. Because I want every one of us, listen, listen to me, I want every one of us to be able to be victorious. I want every one of us, one of us to be able to be overcomers. Overcomers. And you can. You say, Brother Don, I, 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 I've been dealing with lust. I go on the computer and all of a sudden this comes up, this comes up. And, and I yield to it. You don't have to. You can have victory over that spirit. Over that spirit. Did you know the three, the three first works of the flesh? that Paul mentioned here had to do with sex. And there's a reason, because it is a powerful drive in people's lives. And many people struggle. And the devil keeps them defeated because they have fallen here, fallen there, looked at this, looked at that. And they, they stay defeated so much of the time. You and I need to be about our father's business witnessing. But so often we're so busy fighting off and dealing with these areas until we don't even have time to live that life as a witness and a testimony for Jesus Christ. I can't testify for Jesus. Somebody might say, I can't be a witness for the Lord. I haven't lived right today. I've done this. I've done that. Listen. Samson was powerful, but one of the things was his character. There's not a one of us. In fact, most of us have the Spirit of God in us. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to, to be. You need to be baptized. I wish you'd take, some, take these, these notes with you. 
and take your Bible, sit down. I've read through these scriptures, but sit down, read through these scriptures. Let God reveal himself to you in a powerful way. And wherever you're at in your walk with God, whatever, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're dealing with, you may be dealing with alcohol. You said, Pastor, come on, come on. We're living in the 2019 year. We don't talk about alcohol anymore. There was a time when I was a kid, you preachers would preach often on the sin of debauchery and living under the influence of alcohol. But it's no more. Even in our Pentecostal churches, it's never discouraged. Do I say that a can of beer will make you lost or send you to hell? No. But I've seen people driven, influenced, controlled by alcohol. Alcohol is not only a physical addiction, it is a spiritual addiction. You need to understand that. God wants to set you totally free. Someone says, well, I can drink a little bit. I've never seen very few people, if any, that drink a little bit. It gets more and more and more of a hold on an individual. And, and I'm not here to preach on clothesline messages. And, but I am telling you, God wants you to be an overcome. Best thing to do is just leave those things alone. So you can be a good testimony for Jesus. Kind of hard to, kind of hard to witness for Jesus with smoke blowing out your mouth and nose. I'm not going to say cigarettes will send you to hell. I'm just saying we want to be a witness of the Lord, and we can overcome these things. And just what I be led by the Spirit. Pray with me, Father. We love you this morning. We thank you for the privilege that we have to pray, Lord. We thank you for the privilege of these words. Not, not my words. Lord, we can read them off of a Bible or out of a Bible. We can, we can read red letter edition. We can read them off the screen. But they're your words. Powerful, powerful truths. Help us, dear God. Help us to follow your spirit. Help us to follow you in your footsteps. Help our conduct to be according to the Apostle Paul's writing to the church of Galatia. God, I pray in Jesus' name for every person here, the young and old alike, that's struggling with things in their hearts, things in their lives, overcoming, God, give them grace. May we leave this place today victorious over every foe, every temptation of the enemy. May we learn to walk according to your spirit. May we learn to be led by the spirit. Help us not only to resist the devil, but help us to follow you first, to know you in a better way. In Jesus' name.